that name is wonderful. That name is why we're here, that Jesus, that, that whole thing. I'm reminded of Scott's story every time I try to think of it. and I must think of it twice a week, that story where a man had disrupted a, a wedding he was in. It might have been his daughter or somebody, and the man was just mean, yelling and threatening everyone. And Scott goes out there, and he didn't know what else to say. He just started hollering, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. And the man said, quit saying that. Scott's a little like me. You tell me to quit something, I'm going to get right on there. <laughs> Scott said, Jesus, Jesus. man said, stop it, stop it, and he ran away. The man ran. That's a powerful name. And if we don't do anything else at North Point Church, we're going to lift Jesus Christ up. It's why we're here. It's why we're here. And we're going to talk about well, his, what his brother James wrote today. But let no mistake, it's about Jesus. The word, the Bible, the written word tells us about a far better life that we can experience here on earth. And that's what I want to teach you today. So I want to give you some, some encouraging uh, words, especially during these tough times uh, that we're in that are practical. And... and, and, uh, and I talk, so, I talk about some of this a lot, and I've mentioned it lots of times. And I'm going to keep mentioning it. I'm going to keep teaching it until every one of you are doing it. Amen? So if you want me to quit, apply it to your life, all right? You're gonna, you're gonna, we're going to get to some of this. So yeah, he just talked about that. You ain't doing it yet. You're not doing it yet. I want to help you. A lot of us have our worlds turned upside down right now. And I want to use God's word to help you. And uh, as bad as it seems, whatever we're in, wherever you're at, whatever circumstance you're in, I'm here to tell you as your pastor and somebody that loves you, God ain't left us without hope. He ain't left us without help. And, and this book of James teaches us how God wants us to live while we're under severe stress or in times of trouble. I've heard people say the book of James, there's no gray area. There's no black and white. He just lays it on the line. Do you want a far better life? Do what it says. Do what it says. You say, well, Jim, I, I can't do that. That's just a little unreasonable. I want this. Do you, what do you, do you, are you really serious? Do what he says. I want to talk to you today and continue in a series of, of, this is number four, on a faith that works when life don't. If you didn't hear the first three, I encourage you to go back and listen to them or watch them, the, the first three uh, of this series. This week, we're going to look at the coping strategies uh, we look to to ease our anxiety. A lot of the things that we look to to ease our anxiety makes things worse. James has a lot to say about this and how not to be tempted by self-defeating behaviors that we tend to, to go to in times of trouble, bad habits, to comfort ourselves when we're worried. So we're going to look at a faith that counters our bad habits and counter, some counter moves 
that we can make. It's going to be a practical message. James says this about temptation at the top of your outline or if you're in your Bible, James chapter 1, 13 to 16. Never blame God when you're tempted because God can't be tempted by evil. And he never tempts anyone to do the wrong thing. We are tempted by our own desires inside us. That's what drags us in the wrong direction and traps us. Our wrong desires leads us to wrong actions. And those sinful actions eventually ends in death. So friends, don't be deceived by every desire that you feel. Amen? I want to tell you, God ain't left us powerless. 1 John 5, 45. It's actually 4 and 5, not 45. I've got several typos in here. I know y'all thinking that I was perfect, but I'm not. I'll try to point them out. Everyone who is a child of God can overcome sin in the world. What wins the victory is our faith. No one can defeat, defeat the world's way without having faith in Jesus as the Son of God. No one can do it. Willpower doesn't work long term. On the earth, we are never going to be sinless, but we can sin less. Amen? We can sin less. If you have a particular habit, temptation, distraction, that's your downfall. You tend to go back to it over and over and over when you and I are under stress, don't we? We go back to it. I got news for you. You're probably going to have it the rest of your life. Probably going to have it the rest of your life. You're not going to have perfection on this side of eternity. But you and me, we can sin less. We can sin less. I'm going to share with you real quick today nine counter moves, practical ways from God's Word to keep us on track so we don't fall prey to the same typical temptations that we have when we're under stress. Number one, fill in your blanks here. Number one, I need to know my default coping strategy. I need to know my default coping strategy. What's the usual way that you and I stumble? I got to know what this default is. Hebrews 12, 1 says, we should remove from our lives anything that gets in the way of our spiritual growth, especially those persistent, underline that word, persistent sins that so easily distract us. Each of us tend to fall in a different area over and over and over. Why? Because of persistent sins. We fall over and over and over. Our default coping strategy. Temptation. What is a temptation? Temptation is a distraction for us to do something wrong than to do something right. That's what we're talking about. A temptation is, is self-defeating and not self-building. Amen? That's what temptation is. Self-defeating, not self-building. 
some, some resort to, uh, to food under stress. Amen? Some, some for, for those of you that may not understand me, some drink. Where I come from, my mama says, some drank. Some drank. Some sleep more. Some shop. Can I say Amazon? I have people very close to me that have their card numbers memorized. Those things got like 20 digits in them, don't they? 16. They can't remember my phone number, but they can remember their card number. Man. Some binge TV. They got these things now on, on what, Netflix. I don't know. All, there's a whole bunch of different kind of TVs now. They, they, you just binge watch. I watched three seasons of something in a week and a half when I was down one time. Some play video games. Some resort to pornography. Some over control. Some withdraw. Some people have angry outbursts. In times of, of crisis like we're in right now, you see domestic violence cases increase. Some need to, to so we need to know, I should have said, so we need to know the predictable areas in our lives and our typical coping default. Second thing we need to know then is this, I need to know my emotional triggers. I need to know my emotional triggers. If you're going to overcome the things that cause you to, to stumble, then you need to know what those triggers are, those emotional triggers. These are the things that make you vulnerable to your particular temptation. I'm using the word particular because some things bother you that don't bother me. A key to defeating temptation is not to focus on your behavior that you don't like. Instead, focus on your feeling and what you're thinking that's causing those actions. Amen? I'm going to say that one more time. Don't Focus on the behavior that you don't like. Focus on the feeling and the thinking that you're having. Amen? Talked a few months ago about repentance. What was repentance? Change the way you think. Change the way you think. Because I'm going to tell you something, guys. Every action is caused by an emotion. Every action is caused by an emotion. And every emotion is caused by a thought. If you want to change the way you act, you got to change the way you feel. And if you want to change the way you feel, you got to change the way you think. It all starts in your brain. The enemy, Satan, whatever you want to call him, plays on your emotions. He is a master manipulator of your moods. He is master of your moods. Negative emotions, that's what he gives you. 
He uses negative emotions a lot. Romans 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it affects everything that you do. The heart is a metaphor for the center of our emotions. We know the emotions come from our brain, but this, the, the heart is a metaphor for You are far more vulnerable to temptations when you're in certain emotional states. And it's going to be different from people to people. Some people are, are far more uh, susceptible to negative emotions when they're physically exhausted. I know I don't want to discuss stuff when I'm tired. You know, when I'm tired, if it's after 8 p.m., that's 8 p.m. I know it says don't go to bed angry, but I'm going to bed. We'll talk about it in the morning when I'm fresh. Amen? Because if I talk about it after 8 p.m., I'm just going to get worse. So if you're mad at me, don't call after 8. You're going to get a lot of trouble. It might be when you're discouraged. We might be more susceptible to temptations when we're bored or discontent. When we're discontent, we're, we want to be content. Amen, right? Paul said in Philippians, I can be content in all circumstances. Different states. for different, We could be spiritually dry or empty. Lonely or disconnected. And we've, we've, a lot of us have felt that way during this crisis. Insecure. Wounded. Or I put, holding on to a grudge. I'm telling you something, guys. If you're holding on to a grudge, and it ain't just the ladies. I used to think it was just women that held on to a grudge. No. It, it's everybody that can... That is, has the ability to hold on to a grudge. And I'm going to tell you, you filter your decisions through that grudge. You better drop the grudge. If you want a far better life, you need to drop that grudge. You are susceptible to temptation. It might be sadness. You may be grieving. All these states, you're susceptible to temptations. All these states make you a prime candidate to being knocked over. By some sort of temptation. Third thing is this. I need to learn my patterns. A counter moves. You need to learn your patterns. Your patterns of temptation is what I'm talking about. Each of us has a unique pattern of temptation. You, you, know, you know, just like uh, um, no two snowflakes are alike. Each of us are unique. What bothers you, as I told you a while ago, probably don't bother me. Satan knows your pattern. So you better know your pattern. If you can identify your pattern, you can predict those problems. Amen? In advance. And you can avoid those temptations and situations. Proverbs 14, 8 says, the wise man looks ahead. A fool tries to fool himself and won't face the facts. You better find out what the what's, the words, and the, and the when's, and the who's. You and I need to look ahead. Mature people 
are self-aware of their past. So that means immature people are not aware. I wrote five questions down here. I want you to fill these in real quick. To ask yourself about your patterns. You ought to do that this week. Number one, the first one is, when am I most tempted? When am I most tempted? One of mine is after 8 p.m. Is it Monday? Is it Friday? When are you most tempted? You need to ask yourself that question this week. The next one I put is, where am I most tempted? Is it at work? Is it at home? Is it in the kitchen? Is it on the computer? You need to avoid those places. Who is with me when I'm most tempted? Am I alone? Am I with a group of friends when I'm most tempted? Or is, it, is there just one friend? Or am I most tempted with strangers or, or family? Family. Then what temporary benefit do I get when I give in to temptation? Is it anger? Is it food? Is it uh, controlling, worry, fear? What do I get? For giving in. Then the last one is, how do I feel right before I'm tempted? Am I frustrated? Am I scared? Bored? Angry? Lonely? Tired? Ask yourself these questions. Let's get a plan going. So we don't fall prey to temptations during this time. Number four, plan to avoid those temptations. Or those situations, I should say. Plan to avoid those situations. You know what I do at 8 p.m.? First of all, if I ain't ready, if I'm not already in the bed, I'm headed there. I don't answer my phone. Hardly ever after 8 p.m. Plan to avoid those situations. Proverbs 4, plan carefully what you do. Avoid evil and walk straight ahead. Don't go one step off the right way. I first want to say this. I don't sleep all the time. I want you all to know that. I get up at 345. That's my favorite time of the day. You could call me then. I'm good. Plan carefully what you do. Avoid evil and walk straight ahead. Don't go one step off the right way. If I know that I'm going to have some negative emotions, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. You know, I tell you what, here's what I do know too. I work on my sermon a lot of times up here or at 345 in the morning. You know where I don't need to work on it at? In the bakery. I don't need to work on it in the bakery because I'm eating donuts. And I don't need to eat donuts. If I'm going to work on it where I'm going to eat, I need to work on it in the produce aisle at Food Line. <laughs> I need to know that. I need to plan in advance. Don't work at the bakery. Don't go to a bar to watch the game if you struggle with alcohol. 
Now, sometimes I know you're going to get hit out of the blue. Amen? With a te- with, you know, with a temptation. I know that. I know I could be studying my sermon in, in, in the middle of cabbage, and somebody comes by with one of them, them cream-filled twirl things. <laughs> out of the blue. You need emergency tactics. Number five is our emergency tactic. Ask God for help. Ask God for help. Ask God for help. He's willing and he's waiting. I'm talking about one of them microwave prayers. You know what that is? Help! Help! A good old prayer doesn't have to be long and it doesn't have to be encrypted. Help! Help! Psalm 50, 15, where's that at? Call to me when trouble comes and I will save you. I will, just call to me. I will come. I will save you. I will save you. Hebrews 4, 15, 16 says, Jesus understands our weaknesses for he faced the same same temptations that we do. Yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and grace to help us when we need it. God is sympathetic to our situations and our weaknesses. Jesus faced everything that you and I face. I know he was divine. Jesus was God, but he was also fully a human body. Amen? Number six. This is easy stuff right here. Refocus my attention on something else. I need to refocus my attention on something else. Don't fight the temptation. Don't fight the temptation. Change your focus. Change the channel. The the reason that we're so easily defeated by temptation is because we try to resist it instead of refocusing the the more that you think about something the more that you're attracted to it change your focus before i quit smoking in 1988 i quit 110 times you know why i walk around saying i ain't smoking i'm not gonna smoke today I'm not going to smoke a cigarette today. I'm not going to smoke today. No way I'm going to smoke. Well, I'll smoke one. I couldn't change my focus. But then I discovered if you changed your focus. I quit in 1988 with a pack and a half on top of my refrigerator. I would like to say I changed my focus to Jesus at that time, but I changed it to donuts and cream swirls. Amen? But I don't smoke. Now I got to find something else to change my focus on. But I am. I'm not going to talk about cream swirls maybe anymore. But anyway, (laughs) change your focus. Don't fight it. Don't resist it. Think about something else. Change the channel of your mind. Romans 12, 21 says, don't let evil conquer you. But conquer evil with good. 
Conquer evil with good. Replacement, not resistance. Fill your mind with good thoughts. So much good stuff that there's no room for the bad, bad ones. Because I'm going to tell you guys, whatever gets your attention gets you. Whatever gets your attention. Just like being upset. To be upset about something is a choice. It's a choice. I got upset a couple of times this week. Didn't didn't do too bad. You know, I'm still hadn't gone back to. I, I got rid of that rage a few years ago, and every, but every once in a while I get I like to call it irritated. But I chose to be irritated. I look back on it. I said I made a bad choice. The more we fight a feeling. Here's what I found out. The more I fight a feeling, the more it controls me. If I'm upset about something, I've let it take up space and rent my brain. I've let it move in. You're upset about something, whether it's COVID-19, politics, or whatever, you're letting it rent space in your brain that doesn't belong there. And I can't stand when I do that. Ignore it. Refocus. Replace it. Second Corinthians. Uh, what did I say? Second Corinthians. Ten five. I'm uh, I'm messed up here. <laughs> I've done it to myself. It takes practice. <laughs> what it says is it takes practice. To learn to control your thoughts. And that's maturity. To bring your thoughts under control. Because here's something I know. You can't stop Satan from bringing thoughts into your mind. But you can reject them. You get that? That's what's bringing it under control. You can reject them. You, you Don't dwell on them. How do you know the difference? Well, a thought from God is inspirational. A thought from, from the devil is, temp, is a temptation. It's inspirational from God. You, and guess what? You can even choose to reject the thoughts that God gives you. You can, re, you can choose to reject the, the thoughts that Satan gives you. You can, you can choose to reject the thoughts that you give yourself. Because here's what I want to tell you. Don't believe everything you tell yourself. Amen? You can reject those. Don't try to argue with the devil. Reject him. Reject him. Number seven, I know, you, I know y'all knew I was going to get to this one. Join a small group. Join a small group. My small group hasn't met during this crisis, and I miss them. But I have another small group, me and the elders. I was just telling somebody, we didn't stop meeting. We met every Wednesday morning at 6 o'clock. We've been meeting 22 years to the church, but we met for eight or nine before that. We've been meeting Wednesday mornings at six for 30 years, holding each other accountable. It's been a long time, but it's what's held me steadfast to spiritually growing. You, we weren't meant to be by ourselves. Join a small group. We need each other. 
You're going to lose if you try to fight these battles by yourself. We need each other. God wired us for that. My wife still meets and has met the whole time with Chrissy. She meets one-on-one once a week. They're like 10 foot apart on the front porch. But they still meet. Don't give up meeting together. Hebrews 10, 25 says, let us not give up the habit of meeting together as some are doing. Instead, let us encourage each other all the more. Nick and I, we, we discuss scripture every morning just about. We talk about what is God has given us. Tim and I meet once a week. Don't give up meeting one another, encouraging one another. If you don't want to get close to somebody, we got all kind of technology going on now. We got Zoom. We got FaceTime. You have no excuse. Guys, I want to tell you, if you're not in a small group, you are vulnerable. You are vulnerable. I just met a couple from Florida. They just moved up here. I just, they're here this morning. I want to encourage you to get in a small group. I preach about it every Sunday. I'm going to say it every Sunday until everybody's in a small group. Amen? I'm going to wear you down. I'm going to wear you down. I encourage y'all to get in a small group. Number eight, enlist one friend to share your struggle. Enlist one friend to share your struggle. You will not have victory over persistent temptations like fear, anxiety, guilt, worry. I don't know why I wrote anorexia. But I did. It's, I guess somebody got it in here. <laughs> I don't know what goes through my mind sometimes. I'm glad it don't hang out in there. But you will never get <laughs> victory over anorexia <laughs> by yourself. You need at least one person. Amen? Ecclesiastes 4 says, Two are better than one because together, if one falls down, the other can help him up. But if someone is alone and falls, there's no one to help him. I want to ask you some questions here. Who's helping you? Who's helping you? Who's checking up on you? Who have you invited to check up on you? Some people tell me all the time, ain't nobody called me. Who have you told to call you? Who have you invited to help you grow? Who do you allow to ask you the tough questions? You don't have to tell everybody your secret temptations. When somebody, I, I've told y'all this before, when somebody comes to my office and says, Jim, i got to tell you something I've, I've, not, I've never told anybody else. I smile. Because I know revealing your feelings is the first step to healing. They're about to take the first step. How serious. And I'm going to tell you something. That's freedom. That is freedom. 
So I got to ask you, I'm closing up here. How serious are you about changing? How serious are you? I hear you all the time. I want to change. I want to do better. Well, you need to get a friend for accountability. You need to get a friend for accountability. To ask those tough questions that know what your struggle is. Whether it's pornography, whether it's anorexia, whether it's, it's TV, whether it's alcohol. You need to tell them whether it's a temper. And you need to meet with them on a regular basis. Do you want to be healed? Or do you just want to gripe about it? Do you want to be healed? Do you really want to change? If not, quit kidding yourself and me. You don't want to change. Lots of times we don't, we don't, want, to, we don't want to quit until the fear of change is exceeded by the pain it's causing. When the pain gets worse than the fear of change, then you'll want to change. Some things are not going to change until you get and share with a committed friend. One person. Because you don't want your business strolled out all over the street, do you? I don't want everybody to know about my love affair with cream twirl. That's why I just told y'all. That white feeling in the middle makes me swoon. Did y'all see that swoon? <laughs> Galatians 6, 2. By helping each other with your troubles, you truly obey the law of Christ. Get real with somebody. Number nine. This is what I like to. This makes me want to. This no. Remember, God is on my side. We need to remember that God is on our side. He's not against us. God wants you and me to win over our temptations. When temptations come into your life, remember that they're no different. This, is, this should be something else. From what others, right in there, from what others commonly experience. And God is faithful. He will never let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Also, when you're tempted, he will show you a way out so that you will be able to. To stand it. You and me, we ought to memorize that. I love where it says common temptations. You know why I like it where it says common temptations? Then there got to be some common solutions. Common temptations. Common solutions. We try to make it hard. There's some common solutions. We're going to bring it back to James. One twelve. God blesses people who continue strong when they're tempted. They will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Keep going. Do you want to be blessed? You choose how much you want to be blessed. Persevere. Whoo. I don't know what's in the crown of life, but it's got to be good. It's got to be good. The crown of life. As we're closing, band, come on up. I want to tell you something. Change is possible. Change is possible. 
Say it with me. Change is possible. It's not too late. It's not too late to start over. And I like it that God has promised to help. If you don't like me now, I'm getting better. God's helping me. Just hang around. I'm getting better. Whoo. My Lord, I thank you for a far, far better life than I was doing on my own. I thank you that I walk with you today. I thank you that I talk with you today. I thank you that you were here. Lord, you make me feel like I'm your favorite. I know I'm not. But Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you come into this place, come over this place, and just have your way with us. Lord, protect us against these temptations. Help us set down some, some rules. Help us connect with people and talk about you so that our weakness will be made strong in you. That we can refocus. We don't try to argue with the devil. We change our focus to you. Lord, we love you. And it's in the mighty, powerful, strong name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. Amen.